Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. With me as always is Jeff East with the Spirit of EQ. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Doing fine. And how's everybody out there listening? Hey, today we're going to be talking about harnessing your emotional horsepower. Now, as many of the audience know, Jeff, you and I have multiple conversations in between recordings. So I had the opportunity to explore a little bit about what this is, where you're going with it, but emotional horsepower. So I'm going to ask you to pull out your inner geek and motorhead. <laughs> and I thought about this before we started recording today. It's like, wow, motorhead is actually a compliment. And then I thought, wait a minute, there's another musical reference, <laughs> but we won't get into Motorhead, the band. Uh, at least I don't think we're going to. No. All right. Ace so, of Spades is always a good song. Okay. So mark it. Uh, Ace of Spades, everyone. And, we, and we've lost Lenny, too. <laughs> okay. All right, Jeff, for the audience, open it up a little bit about what is emotional horsepower? Well, to me, emotional horsepower is the amount of emotional energy and drive and and everything like that that you can have to deal with things that are coming at you in your regular life. And what really started this is I, I saw a reference in a, a book or something that I was reading, and it reminded me of something that uh, I remember learning a long, long time ago, talking about cars and things, and it's called rolling horsepower. I was going to ask you about that because uh, in our before recording and stuff, that was the one thing that kind of um, – and I'm not a motorhead, so some of this is like education for me. So, yeah, talk a bit more about the rolling horsepower idea. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think they call it something different now, but what it was when I first learned about it is you take a car at, and you get it going at a set speed, say 60 miles an hour, mm -hmm. and you have it's, you know, the, the ideal condition is a perfectly flat road, um, no wind. And you get it up to 60 miles an hour, and then you put it in neutral and let it coast. And they would attach equipment to it to measure how fast it slowed down. And doing a whole bunch of maths that I don't understand, that will tell you how many horsepower it takes to have that car moving at a steady 60 miles an hour under those conditions. And hmm. it's it's kind of surprising if you would take, uh, say, a full-size sedan right, uh, and and do that. It only takes 60, 70 horsepower to keep it going at that steady speed. And, you know, most modern cars, like the car I have, which is a full-size sedan, has about 300 horsepower available. But it only takes that 60 or 70 horsepower to keep it moving. You know, that's something that you mentioned that, Jeff, because I've always wondered about that. Because that typically, at least 
in my mind, that seems to be part of the advertising and marketing, you know, mm-hmm. they especially with muscle cars, right? Mm-hmm. There's always this indication of how many, how much horsepower does it have? And when you hear that big number, I think 300 is big, but I guess if you went into like Corvette world, that's what, like 700 <laughs> or 800? Or the, the Challenger Hellcats and things like that. Okay. But how fast would you have to be going to get to the maximum horsepower, though? Is that, am I tracking Well, there? that horsepower is not just at top end. That horsepower is used to make a change in your velocity. Like if you're at zero and you only gave it 60 or 70 horsepower from your engine, you would eventually get up to 60, but it would take you a long, long time and you'd be causing mm-hmm. massive right, amounts sure. of road rage. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, right. so you use that extra horsepower to get up to speed. Right. And then if, as you're going down the road, um, you encounter a headwind. Mm-hmm. You have to push down on the accelerator a little bit more and you're going to need more horsepower, 10, 20 horsepower. So would you consider this almost like a uh, fuel bank, if you will? Not a fuel bank, but an energy bank. An because, energy bank, yes. Because right? you're, you're calling on it depending on the, the situation mm-hmm. that you're in. If you're facing a lot of wind, you, may, you need more horsepower. Mm-hmm. If you're going up a hill right, right or something. Yeah, so, that, so that, that's what that is. And, and it takes into account some things you don't think about. Aerodynamics, the wind. Mm-hmm. It takes into account the friction in the wheel bearings. Okay, and then it also takes into account that friction or resistance that built that is built up in the tires. And this is all kind of in that design engineering phase mm-hmm. when they built the car, right? Right. The the engineers, like I said, that that know math better than I do, yep. take that all into consideration, and they'll have a pretty good idea of what that is before they even build the car. Okay. So, but then they they will need to consider, in this case, what is the car going to be used for if it's your you know. A cono box that you drive back and forth to work, mm-hmm. it maybe only needs a hundred horsepower. Got it. But if you sell sell it to somebody that wants performance, then it's going to need that three or four hundred horsepower. Okay. All right. So before any of our audience out there thinks that they've tuned into the wrong podcast, <laughs> yeah, this is not car talk, <laughs> right? But I th- that's great. That's great education for me, and hopefully for uh, those of you out in the audience. Um, so Jeff, um, how do you um, how does this relate? To, to EQ. All right. So I'm going to go back again. And if you don't know what an Olds Vista Cruiser is, you might want to Google it for an image. Okay. Those are those. It was an Oldsmobile station wagon, the huge boat. Okay. All right. And if you remember, they had a little window across the top, kind of. Now, keeping in mind, Jeff, most of our audience, many of our audience, they won't remember. That's, they, that's why. If you, there will be no reference. So you did say Google. Google the, <laughs> just Google the image of an old Vista Cruiser. Okay. All right. And you, know, you had the front seat. Yep. And you had the middle seat. Yep. And then you had the way back. The way back. Now, okay. Uh, okay. You got to educate me on that. What was the, the way these back? These are for the little kids and the dog. Okay, it was a seat in the back that you would fold up out of the the station wagon part. It folded Mm -hmm. up so you're facing backwards looking out the back window. So you had these seats in there. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right. So um, so just just imagine that car. Okay, I got it. Got it in my head. So you're driving down the road and let's say that car needs 70 horsepower to go at 60 and you're in the car by yourself. Right. And the motor's running perfectly. There's no wind. You're on perfectly level road. And no, no extra things. So then life starts happening. Mm-hmm. So you get a family. So you put the family in there. Mm-hmm. Family weighs some. 
So they're going to make the resistance higher. So you're going to need some more horsepower with your family in the car, which is your life. Okay. Then you've got that guy at work that drives you nuts. You know, you add another way back. So you got a way, way back. <laughs> and he's back there. And then your neighbor that drives you nuts. And you just, these people that are making you. Now, would up. that equate also to life events? Like, life events. That would be baggage. Which might be loaded into the car. Well, in this case, if you Google that picture, they have it a roof rack. Okay. So if you ever saw a family on vacation with one of those cars, it would be piled up. Because that's where you put your luggage. and tents and, and yeah. all that stuff. So let's say you had some baggage happen. Uh, you might have lost your job. Mm-hmm. So you pile some baggage on top. That's yeah. going to give you more wind resistance. That's yep. going to give the more work for the tires to do. Yeah. And you just keep having those things happen, this, these different kinds of, of of baggage happening. And so you're, you're using more and more of that horsepower. In this case with the car, the car horsepower, but in you're using this emotional horsepower that you have. Right. More and more of it's getting used up. Mm-hmm. Then you hit a major thing, um, a divorce or a death of a close family member, mm-hmm. and that would be like a steep hill until finally – you, you keep adding these things to your car or to your emotional mm-hmm. life, and you're finally going to get to the point where you don't have enough horsepower to get up that hill. Mm. And that's when things start happening. And, and another thing to think about is you started this whole trip off with a perfectly functioning engine. The more stress you put on that engine, the more chance it is it's going to break down. Instead of a big humming V8, all of a sudden two cylinders aren't working. So you don't have as much horsepower to begin with. Yeah. And that, that could be personal issues that you're dealing with yeah. that, that can, can affect so, that. So, Jeff, um, when I think about it, we've thrown out the definition to EQ many times in this show. You know, the idea that managing what I think and what I feel to make optimal decisions, mm-hmm. right? There's nothing in there that talks about manage events of life. No. Um, yet, because let's face it. Uh, there are many people that get divorced that never thought they would get divorced. There's everybody knows we're going to die, but n- nobody knows when. Nobody, you know, it's not something you can say. Oh, and it's you know, 2021, and this is going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all those things are catalyst, right? Because um, I've got this image in my head of of this vehicle now, mm-hmm. and I've got all that stuff, and I think we accumulate those things. Over time, right? Um, and where I'm going with that is um, there certainly has to be a point, and I guess I'm going to stay with the road idea uh-huh. of where I've got to pull off to a rest stop and evaluate what is it that I have in the car and what I have on top of it. Exactly. Is that kind of – is that tracking? Yeah, it really is because you realize that, you know – you're not going the speed you want to go with your life, your your emotional speed, like we talked mm-hmm. about, and you get to the point where uh, you're you're smashing down on that accelerator in your car, your mm-hmm. emotional accelerator, whatever you want to call it, yep. and nothing's happening. You know, your foot's to the floor, and you just get to the point where you have to pull over, or so, or yeah, the car may just stop, and you don't yes. have a choice, right? It makes the decision for you. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, along that path and that journey, your emotions are communicating with you. Mm -hmm. Um, I would imagine with so much in the car and so much on top of the car and the car not responding with the horsepower that Mm -hmm. you want, things like feeling frustrated, Mm -hmm. uh, feeling anger, um, fear, all those different emotions, just to name a few, are there. And as we've talked about, they're not there to make life worse. They're there to communicate something for Mm -hmm. your benefit, right? So that could possibly be that, hey, the reason why you're being frustrated is you need to pull over to the side of the road and and just take a a really hard look at what and where you're at, right? Exactly. And, and, you know, one of the things you might have to figure out is, okay, I may have to only go 40 miles an hour for a while Mm -hmm. until I can get things handled. I, I just can't push it like that. Yeah. So I may have to take some things out of my life. I may have to, re- like you said, reevaluate. Um, Why do you think that's so hard for people to, I mean, because I've encountered folks when I, when I say to them, you know, you don't have to take the entire chunk. You could just, you could just, and you used it from the perspective of you can go at a different speed. Mm-hmm. Is that, do you think part of this, because our culture values <laughs> performance and winning? And, yes. Um, if you slow down, you can't be first. Oh, wow. If you, you know, people are going to pass me now. People are going to look down at, at that that loser. Because you had to pull off to the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Or had to, to slow down. You had to slow down. I mean, wow. if you look at a race car. But you know what, Jeff? <laughs> okay. I, you know, I, yeah, I'm sorry. And, you, and let's come back to the race car. But I got to say something within that. Um, how many of the people that would think that we're losers or would feel that we're less than, how many of those people actually really even give a rip about you? <laughs> I mean, truly care, you know? Okay, you know, I, I had to make a decision in my old job. I was on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. And I dealt with being upset with people. You know, if somebody passed me on the freeway, I couldn't let that happen. <laughs> I can't see that, Jeff, and you. <laughs> so that was another Jeff. <laughs> and then I realized, you know, it's not a race unless the other person knows we're in a race. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> so yeah, eh, who cares now? Right, right. So I'm, I, I took you off of the path there. You were going to talk about race cars. Well, you, even a high-performance race car, they have to pull in and do service during a race. There's very stop. Few, a pit stop. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we don't want to say pit stop because we're hopefully we're not racing down the road. But right, right, right. You pull into a rest area. Yeah. And, yeah. and take a chance to, uh, to do that and, mm-hmm. you know, go through that pile of luggage and see what's important, what's not. You know, go through um, maybe even in your family. I'm not saying get rid of your family. That's not what I'm saying. But right. evaluate your relationships in the family and see where can I make this relation, these relationships better? Because, you know, they're, they're your family. So, you, you know, like I said, you don't want to get rid of them, but how can I make it better? Um, maybe having empathy for someone mm-hmm. can make it better. That, that person, your next door neighbor that drives you nuts, have yeah. some empathy for them. Yeah. So you can start using those kind of things to uh, lessen that load. So, Jeff, do you believe, uh, and I'm going to reference this from my own personal experience, um, 
I encountered a major level of burnout about five years ago um, when I had this laundry list of things that I thought I was responsible for. And, of course, they were things that I created in my own head, not to mention the fact that I had a Superman complex to add to that. And one of the things that my therapist said to me uh, in a session was, tell me about what it is you feel you're responsible for. And he, he asked that question. And I said, well, I have to do this and I have to. And he stopped me right in the middle of my second, I have to. And then he said, tell me, really, what is it that you have to do? Let's just look at the list. Of what is the have to? And I felt so exposed because I realized <laughs> of the 15, 20 things I had on my list, there was really about four or five that were actually my responsibility. Like I could legitimately say, you know what? Call Eric when this goes south or call Eric when you need help. Not the other 10 things. But I had done that. It was, you know, the neural pathway of just over time, I need to be, I need to be, I need to be. So for some, and Jeff, I would dare say if I were listening to this, you know, five years ago, this would have made me recoil to hear what you just said, because <laughs> it's the idea that I've got to, I've, I've got to pare down or pare away. Um, what do you say to those folks that maybe are in that position that say, well, you don't understand, I have to. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about EQ. <laughs> okay, right. I told you we'd get around to this. Yeah, people. they they need to uh, examine what they're feeling. Mm. What what is driving me? What is making me feel that I have to do that? I have this emotion that that I have to do that. Well, examine it. Mm -hmm. The emotional sit with, sit with it a while. Sit with it a while. That emotional literacy that we've talked about before, yeah. which is our first competency. Right. That. Um, what is it saying? What is it trying to communicate <clears throat> to? You? Mm -hmm. And and I would say, um, Jeff, and for everyone out there, it's not like you're sitting there waiting for the heavens to open up and a sign to be written in the sky. You may have to sit with it. When I say a while, mm -hmm. I mean it's not just five minutes. Now it's probably five minutes now, 10 minutes tomorrow, a half hour the next day, whatever, right? It, right. It, it's not an immediate, this is what I'm feeling, this is what it means. Yeah, you, you that examine it and, and see where it's leading you. And everybody's different. I want to stress that. I mm -hmm. understand. I mean, some people, it's slower. Some people, it's faster. I get right. that. I mean, that, yeah, emotional intelligence is your emotional intelligence, yes, not very, mine or Eric's. Yeah, very well said. Um, look at what patterns. You know, I always do this. I always pile that baggage on top of my uh, my car. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't. I don't need that for the trip I'm on right now. Right. You know, I don't need to pile on a mistake I made ten years ago that is still bothering me. Yeah. That maybe held me back. So unstrap it and and leave it at home or wherever you want to put it. Mm -hmm. So think about that. What am I always doing? Why am I always doing these things? And we can, we can go down the, the list. Um, what is motivating me? Why do I think I have to continue the speed with all this stuff on me? Mm -hmm. What is my motivation? Is it my motivation or is it outside motivation? Well, for uh, – <clears throat> and again, I'm going to speak from my own personal. Uh, I know the, the idea of paring that list down 
mm-hmm. meant that I was going to disappoint some people mm-hmm. because some people, and I know we'll, we'll talk about this more in future episodes, um, this idea about persona. And, and, and I'll never forget, um, I, I talked about it probably on a previous show as well. Um, that's the beauty, Jeff, of having so many shows that we've done. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, and that's uh, from Jim Carrey. And he, he was in, in this interview I was watching, he, uh, he was talking about he had spent so much time building this persona. And it wasn't him. Mm-hmm. But he built it. It was everyone. That's who they associated him to be. And he said the process of unwinding, and, he, and I don't know if he necessarily said it exactly like this, but it was almost communicating him trying to say, whoa, 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 that's, no, that's, that's, that's not, I, and then he realizes, oh my gosh, I got to basically say I'm a fraud here mm-hmm. because I created this persona and that persona is truly not me and I'm trying to unwind it to be the person that I really am. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of daunting when you think about, well, wait a minute, I, these people on my list, I gave them the impression that I was Superman, but now I'm going to tell them, no, I'm not. That's a, I mean, I mean, how, I know you can't solve that. So right. try, b- believe me in that. I know that. So I don't want to put you th- that weight on you, but is there something you can say to that person who's afraid that, oh my gosh, I'm going to disappoint this person when I tell them or when I, Whatever. Okay, we're going to do another competency. All right. I love it. (laughs) Consequential thinking. What is the consequences of me disappointing that person? And and like you said earlier, they may not even know that you think you have to do something for them. Mm. It's assumed. And if you don't do what you said you're going to do, they might not even notice. But see, see the consequences of the action of disappointing that person. If it's somebody that you know really well and you can explain it to, the consequences might not even be near what you think they are if they really are your uh, on your side, if they really care about you. So, you know, those consequences. And I think another thing that you need to really think about in this is um, empathy for yourself to remember that, like you've been saying, you know, you're not Superman. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Superman's fictional. Yeah. It, it's not real. Yeah. So I'm going to take you back. You you mentioned the consequences with the people, the person that you love um, or care about. There also is a benefit, I think, Jeff, that comes with that. Hey, I need to. I need to have a conversation with you about whatever. Mm-hmm. And the benefit is certainly it's a breakthrough for you to move forward in a more healthy way. It's also a benefit to them in that eventually, Jeff, if you don't have enough horsepower, but you keep pressing mm-hmm. and you keep pushing, eventually what happens? <laughs> you break down on the side of the road right. and you're, you're no good to anyone then. Yeah. You're, you're going to look at yourself as a failure you're going to disappoint these people that were counting on you um, with no warning usually. It, it, that's, 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 uh, that, that's a great observation there. And I can tell you, I did disappoint some people. Um, and I did leave some people kind of scratching their heads like, well, why? Um, 
I had to hold on real tightly to a future benefit um, that at some point down the road, it's going to make more sense to them and they're going to be the better for it. They may not understand just how close I was to a total breakdown on the side of the road, Mm -hmm. which would have been infinitely worse. But I, even though it was kind of painful, it kind of helped me understand that's why you got to believe in the benefit of the future forward. Exactly. That, yeah, consequential consequential thinking, um, you know, almost all these things. And then I think another competency is the noble goal part. Mm-hmm. What do you want people to remember? Do they want do you want people to remember you laboring down the road trying to keep up the speed and and you know your hair on fire? Yeah. Or do they want to remember the person that had time for them, that had time to pay attention to care for them? Because if you're in that point where you've used all your horsepower up, your emotional horsepower, you're not going to be able to do that for anyone. The best you could do is that, you know, pat on the head and say, I'm sorry. That didn't doesn't mean anything. But you don't have any uh, capacity to really care about someone else. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> All right. So um, any other correlations between our emotional health and the car stuff? No, I think that's that's a good bit of it. Yeah. Just, just remember, uh, cars have gauges. Ah, we didn't pay touch att- on that. Yeah, pay attention to those gauges. They'll tell you if you're starting to overheat or <clears throat> if you're using too much fuel. All of a sudden, your tank is almost empty. Yeah. So just just pay attention to those kind of things. You know, you, you know that's a really really powerful. Uh, I mean, it was multiple pronged advice. Pay attention to your gauges. Mm-hmm. Um. And warning lights, right? Gauges, warning lights. <laughs> Listen to it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. or you know, if you see smoke starting to come out of the back, pay attention to what's happening around you. Yeah, and and you know, I know we live in an age, right, where we some equate this, you know, sitting with your emotions, becoming more literate with your emotions, as being soft and you know flowery, <clears throat> and you know, you sit in a corner and cross your legs and meditate. Uh, and for some people, maybe that is what they do. But I think for us, Jeff, we're talking about this is practical, actionable stuff you're doing consistently. It's it's a flow, right? It's it's a flow. And if you get seri- about, serious about it, it's hard. It's not easy. They, they call these things soft skills, and that just drives me nuts because these are the hard skills yeah. <laughs> to learn to do these things. It takes a lot of work and a lot of effort, but I can't – the it's infinite the value that you get from it. Yeah, and I think in these times that we're in, uh, the pandemic era, if you will, um, it is vitally important to be intentional um, to a level of saying, hey, I have to take time to evaluate and to sit with and to uh, probe deeper Mm -hmm. because I saw a warning light come on my dashboard. Because, and, and I'm going to steal a little bit of this from Chuck Swindoll, giving an analogy about about driving in a car. And, uh, you know, Jeff, imagine you and I are in a car and, you know, we're going down the road normal. And then you notice um, that a red light comes on on the dash. And it's a 
a red because I know you're a car guy. It's a red light that you know has something to do with something pretty major. Mm-hmm. And you go, um, hey, hey, Eric, um, I, I noticed that warning light came on, and that most assuredly means this, and and that's that's pretty big. You wanna you wanna go ahead and and I go. No, I don't think that's necessary, Jeff. Um, here, just hold on. And you see me reach down right, right under my seat, mm-hmm. and I got a hammer. <laughs> and I go, boom, boom, boom. Light goes out. <laughs> and I go, see, Jeff, we're all good. Let's, can, we're only got about 10 more miles on the trip. piece of black electrical tape does the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Except I won't do that while I'm driving, right? But. But you, you see where I'm going. You're, you're going to say, Eric, you can use any hammer or electrical tape you want. The warning is there. Your car is trying to tell you there's a problem. Stop or get that checked out. Um, or when you get back, put more air in the tire, whatever the case may be. But you can't just, well, let's face it. We live in an age where a lot of people potentially have just said, well, if I don't look at it, it's not there. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to say to everyone out there, if a warning light comes on, pay attention to it. And and I think you said something that I didn't really say anything about before. You might have to go to your emotional intelligence mechanic. Ah. You might have to see someone else to help. Old cars, I can probably fix. New cars, no. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about these complicated new cars to work yeah. on them. Well, and I, I think that that's a good lead in to the idea about how we know what type of help to get, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's one thing if the warning light is for low tire pressure. Okay, there's maybe that's a friend mm-hmm. over a cup of coffee. There's another warning light that may have to do with your um, low gas. So, I mean, okay, I, I'm, I just I go to the gas station right. or I, I've, I've got – you know, I, there's all kinds of, and I'm not a car guy again, Jeff, as you know, by now, um, the warning lights, the more grave the light mm-hmm. or the messaging behind the light mm-hmm. is how you uptick it. Yeah. If, if it says you're running out of oil, mm-hmm. you better get that looked at. Yeah. Because. And that may be potentially the warning light that says you should see a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's a light that's not as grave that says maybe you need to see a counselor, but that could be your priest, your pastor, your whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then again, going back to, well, I, you got one tire that's low. Well, that's oh. something that probably you can do with a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and this is the plug for Spirit of EQ, I think where we fit in, Jeff, is we're the proactive, no, I don't have any warning lights. No. No warning lights at all. Mm-hmm. No, no gauges are off the. I just want to get stronger, and I want to be more in tune to what I'm feeling, so that I can use that to make better decisions. And yes, maybe the better decisions one day will be, hey, that's a red light that has to do with my oil, and I know what that means because I understand what my emotions were trying to communicate mm-hmm. to me about that. Um, and it that that's you've got so much available to you to take advantage of. In order to do that, the important thing is, and you said it, I believe, earlier, you have to pay attention. Exactly. You have to pay attention. Wow. All right. Jeff, any other competencies that come to your mind? 
And I'm only prompting you that way because I just want to make sure that we are giving the full that we can for folks out there. Well, I think that's that. That's yeah, because you covered a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. well, we got consequential thinking, emotional literacy, emotional literacy, patterns, patterns, empathy, pattern, empathy. And, and let's stay there for a minute as we get closer to the end of this episode. Empathy. Uh, I know we've talked about it a ton. Mm-hmm. There's always at times where people will kind of assume that well. And I especially see this when the we go over the data with folks, you know, mm-hmm. the assessment data is, oh my gosh, uh, my empathy level, you know, is is low. I scored really low in that, and I'm not very empathetic. Okay, or vice versa, right? Maybe they have a very high level of empathy and they smile because yeah, when I when someone's in trouble, you know, I'm I'm willing to just sit with them, and then I'll ask them, so who sits with you? Exactly. So. Touch a little bit about that self-empathy piece again. Yeah, a, a lot of times when I've went over this stuff with people, uh, they've never heard the idea of empathy for themselves, of mm-hmm. self-empathy. Yeah, right. And that's basically allowing yourself to be human, to um, acknowledge that you know you're not going to be perfect and there's going to be times when you do have a failure or something that doesn't go to your expectations, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And if you have self-empathy, you're not going to be adding the baggage of uh, constantly beating yourself up for something that happened in the past. Because what does that beating up do to your progress? I, it hinders it, doesn't it? I think it stops it. Ah. it. You just can't move ahead with your growth if all you think about is how how negative you've been or how bad you've been as mm. far as these kind of things. I don't think you can really move ahead until you can get to the point at, of acknowledging a failure and then growing from it. You know, um, one of our partners, Lynette, she always talks about how when you look at where you are in life, you have to remember that everything that has happened to you is gotten you to that point the good things and the bad things and you have to look at it as a whole wow that's powerful that's powerful well jeff as always uh, enjoy our time together and for those in the audience we appreciate you tuning in today take care Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them, so... Reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Do you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So we're, we're not the perfect podcast host. We're close. Okay. But, all right. But, but not, still, not totally we want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it'll, it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. 
Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.